Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Welcome back to me. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would welcome you back, but you've already been welcomed back, so that would be redundant. No, it's fine. Oh. Go ahead. Hey, Jesse, welcome back. I already said that. Oh, sorry. Uh... Felcom back. <laughs> there you go. That's new. No, no, it's just new sound. Yeah, well. No, it's just a it's new sound. It's got a sound, slightly Jordan. different meaning. <laughs> oh, it, it's, is... it, means, it means welcome back in the afternoon. Um, it's I nice. conjugated. To... It's welcome. nice to be. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. Cantonese. There's just the con- conjugations very challenging right. to pick up the conjugations. It was a. Um, yeah, it was a casual welcome because you're not a boss or an elder. Right, exactly. Um, it's great to be back here on Jordan yeah. Jesse Go. I've had it like it's been three weeks since I've sat in this chair. Sure. Um, Do you have a new perspective? It re- it did give me a lot of perspective. Um, I have new goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of things in a new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I burnt my feet on some hot coals. Okay. Um, so I have a hard time walking. Yeah. Was that as part of like a trial? Or was it like a vision quest type of thing? No, I um, or just a, I was bar- just just a simple barbecue a accident. I was just going for a walk, and yeah. there they were. Hmm. I figured I could just scoot on past, yeah. but boy, I bet wrong, Jordan. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Don't you know? I, I laid some money down on that one, and yeah. and uh, the house. I mean, some won. people, some people do pay good money to walk on hot coals as part of like. You know, as part of like um, awakening ceremonies, that kind of thing, do you feel like you gained any new insight? And is this something you feel like you will pay for in the future? Well, I have my own awakening ceremony that's much more affordable. Yeah. Folgers Crystals. (laughs) I fear it's the best part of waking up. It is. It is. Honestly, the. So you walk over hot Folgers. Yeah. (laughs) You just superheat some crystals. The, Dump them on the floor. The um, the yeah, the hot coals was a low light, mm-hmm. but uh, went to two weddings. Mm-hmm. Uh, went of course to boatparty.biz. Sure, was a nice little three week stretch there. Um, also tortuous. Don't have children and then deign to think you can travel with them <laughs> like a normal human being. Yeah, would. seems uh, seems like a fool's errand. Okay, let's intro- let's introduce our guest, and then we'll get more. We can get deeper into discussions mm-hmm. of the many journeys I've been on, what you've been up to while I've been gone. We may even not a hell a- of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just chilling. We may even ask the guest a question or two at some point. Hey, I mean it's Jordan Jesse Go. That seems unlikely. <laughs> sure, <laughs> they'll be lucky to get a word in we'll edgewise. Just... <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, our guest is a stand-up and sketch comedian. Uh, you can see him on stand-up stages across this great nation um, and in the sketch comedy group Women. His name, Jacob Weissman. Hello, Jake. How are you? Hi, everyone. It's great to have you here on the program. It's great to be on the program. You know, it's um, actually – before we yeah, sure. move on, there's actually uh, – Jake, I mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we're close friends, but we're definitely very friendly. We have yeah, a lot absolutely. of mutual friends. Oh, Always yeah. nice to see you out and about. Likewise. Uh, I'm like, oh, Jake's here. I'd love to talk to him. We, we've gotten along. We have a very bizarre connection because yeah. before I started comedy, we knew each other because yeah. I was friends with your roommate who later became my roommate. Right. I don't know if we're allowed to say the name, but we'll probably <laughs> keep it anonymous. But – and there and I always 
Like it's a tangled web of roommates. It is. It is a tangled web, and it's like you're one of those people. I have a very specific relationship with you, where like we'll just be somewhere random. I'm like, hey, Jordan, what's going on? And we'll have a ten minute conversation, and then we'll drift out of each other's lives, and then we'll see each other again. Sure. It's very nice. It's very nice because it's like I feel like it's one of those friendships, and maybe you have this too, Jesse, where like we have the perfect amount of space so we can only like each other. Right, I, you know what I mean. I like, have never gotten annoyed with you. You once. can't. There's no. There's no opportunity to get annoyed with. I each don't other. know about any of your opinions or values. <laughs> they, maybe those. <laughs> but annoy it doesn't me. matter. You can at least it, it, because of the distance we have. Yeah. You can pretend they're farcical, can like I, whatever sure. I'm saying. Can I ask you guys a quick question? Yeah. What do you say we need in order to be truly free? Each of you, you know, take it in turn. Oh boy, I'm going to go with Christ's love. <laughs> okay. Great. I was going to say Jake? existentialist philosophy uh, that is the opposite of Christ. I mean, uh, the opposite of Christ. Oh, the opposite I mean, of Christ. Yes, the complete opposite of Christ. Jay, I think that's how we get free. Uh, but listen, maybe I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, we all think it's Christ's love. Uh, well, actually, I was going to say here's something that I think we do consistently talk about. Uh, we always I feel like we always start by asking each other how our cats are. Yes, that is I true. thought maybe we could do a little pet check in in general. Oh, I'd Just love everybody to, can I'd say love how to their hear about how your pets, pets are, are doing. doing. I would love to do that. Uh, Jake, do you want to start? You're the guest. Your... Yeah, I would love to. So I have two angels. Uh they are And how many cats? Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I'm a dog owner myself. <laughs> that's nightmarish. Uh I have two cats, Shiksa and Pebbles. Uh and those are great names. I just want to say Pebbles like, Jewish? <laughs> uh, Pebbles is not Jewish. Uh, okay. but the thing is okay. So they came with – they're yeah. two black – I mean not observant. She's culturally Jewish. <laughs> culturally so Jewish. She has a runny nose. Uh, <laughs> she – she, they're two black cats. They're sisters from the same litter. They came with the names Pebbles and Coco. I thought Coco was too racial. Sure. Uh, and I always wanted to name a cat Shiksa because I just think it's a great name. I love I love derogatory words that are acceptable in society. <laughs> so I thought this is a perfect time to use Shiksa. Um, they are doing great. Yeah. I, I feel like summer is a very interesting time for cats because it's sunbeam season. Oh, uh, and, they like you know, a sunbeam. So much, so much sunbeam action, and uh, it's it's fun to see them too hot. I mean, I, not for too long. Then yeah. you don't want to starve them of water, but uh, but it's it's amazing to see them just like. The, enjoying the air conditioning sometimes, or just like the sun, it's 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 a great season for cats. Do, does will a cat actively enjoy air conditioning? Will a cat target a vent, for example? It can. Yeah, I, I like. Yes, I like. I like the primal living that cats have. You know, they just like. I remember when I, when I two or maybe three apartments ago, I was living in this place that was re- it had no AC, and so during summer they would just sleep. In the bathroom where there was tile floor, they were just like there the entire like day. Tile. Yeah. yeah, they just know how to seek temperature in a way that I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. I think my greatest joy is if I'm at the park, or especially at the dog park on a hot day, and there's a dog there, and it's dug a hole, a shallow mm-hmm. hole in the ground. And it has its front paws in front of it and its back paws behind it. And it's pressing its belly into the hole <laughs> to try and keep cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question uh, for both of you actually just related to this. Jordan, yeah. I was wanting to know because you're a proud cat father and sure. stuff. And you, you have do- – I prefer do- cat daddy because it's daddy. lamer. <laughs> cat daddy. I would like to sound as lame as possible. <laughs> um, and, and how many dogs do you have? I have two dogs. OK. Two dogs. Do you feel – do, do you ever get any flack about being a cat owner and being like a, a straight male? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it. You know, I know that like, you know, dogs, cats, L.A., New York, blah, 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 yeah, blah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I think everybody had has opinions 
about those. And definitely, like, you have your animal preference. And absolutely, you know, I understand preferring an animal. But I do feel like a lot of times people will have an anti-cat screed loaded up. Like they performed it for the moth or something. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like it's so specific and it has beats and uh, and that's when I'm like, oh, this, this is now too much and I'm starting to feel a little bit insulted. Yeah, no, I don't like it either. I, it almost is like when uh... – like that thing men say about – like straight men will often say about like, well, you know, women are just like that. It's like the same thing with cats. Sure. You know, they're just like ready to attack completely and it's clear they got dumped once or one cat yeah, scratched I, them I and feel the like rest I would of their like life. To, yeah, I feel like it can be traced back to a single bad experience. Yes, I agree. Uh, for sure. So yeah, it's it's definitely you I, – I feel like I do notice grimaces mm-hmm. uh, on people's faces mm-hmm. occasionally. Not that often but sometimes and yes, I think it's because of a – Probably a soul bad cat experience. Right. Said a guy whose brain has been infected by <laughs> a cat, cat parasite. Yes, exactly. But I but I've always said about the about the the cat feces virus. Anyway, that, I'm like... off to buy loose tuna and spread it on the floor for some reason, which is a behavior I've picked up recently. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it's also if I am infected by this disease, it feels great. I feel a ton of love. I yeah. do a lot of weird shit. It's like being I mean, in the Matrix. Yeah, I don't know any awesome. different. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. If you get out of it, you'll have to fight a bunch of robots. Absolutely. I don't need that. I like cats. Yeah. Why I you... got no problem. I think a person that doesn't like dogs or cats mm-hmm. actively sure. is probably a dick. Yeah. Unless they got attacked as a small child. Sure. Maulings aside. <laughs> yeah. A leaving, pretty severe mauling aside. Leaving that aside, I think I the people who have a really – like honestly, probably if I didn't have dogs, I probably wouldn't have a cat. I Like I'm not that into cats, mm-hmm. but they're perfectly lovely creatures. I'm glad that people who have cats have them. Like I don't – the people who are – who are at loggerheads about it. Those people are, baffle me. Can I present a theory? I'd love to hear a theory on this, Thank Jordan. You. Jordan, Thank do you. you have a theory on I this I have matter? a theory on this. Okay. And it usually comes from – usually the I have an anti-cat screed loaded up thing comes from a dog owner. And I think it's because sometimes people get in over their heads with dogs. Either they have an apartment and they get a too big a dog or they think they can just leave the dog and have you know their flighty social life that they've had before. Dog, a lot of work and you know a lot of love. Got to train a dog. You got to train a dog, sure. So I think that sometimes there is a reverse thing that happens where someone feels oppressed by the amount of time and effort their dog takes, uh, and then uh, they get to get, get to see a fancy free cat owner who is going to a movie in the evening and doesn't have to go right home. Oh, that's And then they kind of load up a thing. I uh, want to interject sure. here. Uh, our engineer, Jennifer, is sitting immediately over your shoulder with a cat-shaped stress ball toy. <laughs> just squeezing it and squeezing it and oh, squeezing she's it. she's so cute. <laughs> Sorry, uh, representation of Mark Marin's cat from the television program <laughs> Marin on IFC. <laughs> that is a very, very cute piece of swag. Uh, so yeah, I think that's sometimes where it comes from. Uh, I think the do- do- dogs can get overwhelming, uh, and then and then I think it they they project that uh, frustration out onto other. What pet do owners. people say about? Cats, just that they're kind of boring. Yeah, I mean that they don't. They like they don't like you. They just hide. They'll scratch you. They would 
you know, kill and eat you if they got a chance. Stuff like that. I but th- dogs would kill and eat you if they had the chance. I think well, so, too. Dogs, that's an interesting. They would kill and eat your poop. They would eat you. Yeah. They, they wouldn't. I guess sure. cats would kill you, but dogs, <laughs> sure. but both would eat you. But I just don't understand why this is a problem. Like if I died and my cats ate me, then I would live inside them forever. Like oh, that's that like right. so metaphorical and So beautiful. then you could live as a cat. Yeah. Which is ultimately every cat owner's <laughs> Well, I could be, I could be, what, what would happen is they would eat me, they'd get adopted by someone else, they'd shit me out, and then I would be making that other person insane. And right. so that's like and then a beautiful. you become the cat parasite. Absolutely. That's all I've ever wanted. You already have a sort of feline grace, Jake. Thank you very much. That's one You're of the welcome. sweetest things you've ever said to me. I have very soft hands, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about I'm... how it's, it's, it's well, let, you let people rub your belly, but you don't like it when they get too close to the genitals. Right, right. And uh, my ovaries have been taken out. Uh, <laughs> so that's like a, that's like a really cool cat sure. thing. Very Jordan, cool. this is actually perfect timing. Yeah. Um, I've seen all over Twitter people mm-hmm. very excited that August in the Max Fun calendar yeah. is Jordan Morris the Cat Month. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten a lot of uh, fun fun pics of people's calendars uh, on Twitter. It, it's a blast. Wait, what's going on? So we have a calendar, um, and it features paintings of each of the Maximum Fun hosts as cats. I suggested Sexy Hunks. Yeah. But, uh, well, that would, but apparently there was a problem with the physiques. Well, hyper... <laughs> Hyperrealism is out of style. (laughs) (laughs) Go paint your Trump Loels on the wall of a low-class Italian restaurant. Ooh, burn! Yeah. I have, a, I have a bizarre cat story about how I got my cats if you want me to share, which I have told maybe before a year ago somewhere, but I think you might enjoy it. Can I have you hold it? Because I'm interested to hear how Bug is doing, Jordan's cat. Oh, uh, very, very quick. Uh, she's picked up a new behavior. She's doing a lot of grooming uh, on me. So whenever I will have a little bit of beard, she will groom the beard. Arm hair. <laughs> Sometimes she will come into the bedroom at night and be grooming my hair. Uh, this shit is adorable. Does she is. do it with her tongue? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's it's great. Yeah. With people that you date, does it like it, – it must affect who you date based on their reaction to Bug, right? Um, You know, I've never – I she's a very, very nice cat. Okay. I don't – no one – I've never had a thing where I felt like – Jordan's never uh, dated. <laughs> yeah. I think it's sinful, you know, because of Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, that would be Christ a betrayal love. of the parasite Christ inside love, his brain. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I've, I, I have thankful – I've never been in a situation where I felt like, God, this is going so well, but they just – they're mean to the cat. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. She's very friendly though. Except, Can, so it's like hard not to – Hard not to fall in love a little bit. Can I ask a stupid question that sure. uh, that I just don't know the answer to? Yeah, yeah. Um, does Bug go in your bed? Uh, she, uh, depending on the weather, if she's very cold, she will want to go in there. I do not like her in the bed that much. Some, it's cute for a couple minutes. And right. then I'm like, eh, you're hot and you're just going to want to make biscuits at five in the morning. Right. Um, That's pawing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kneading. Yeah. Uh, Good Canadian. and now it's and now it's hair grooming at around <laughs> five in the morning. Uh, so yeah, I try and I try and keep her out of the bed, but okay. she'll she'll get up there sometimes. It's, do you find it? I don't know. I still am like too. I I I now think since I've had cats, I don't want kids simply because I can't say no to them. Yeah. Like it's very when I put my cat out because she's like waking me up at five in the morning, I feel genuinely guilty. Yeah. Like I feel the pain of rejection from myself as childhood when I was told I couldn't do something. Now, when you say put your cat out, are you talking about the fire escape? No, just out <laughs> the, the laundry door. Shoot. Just out the right. door. If, if I just hear <laughs> in the middle of the dumb waiter, yeah, you put her in the dumb waiter, and then halfway down in between floors, sure. mm-hmm. and then the maitre d at the fancy restaurant. 
Thank you. <laughs> Sacre bleu! <laughs> oh, so just to, just to wrap up the thought about the grooming. Uh, very, very cute. I like the grooming a lot. It's adorable. Uh, but now I am a guy who is not only covered in cat hair, but cat saliva as yeah. well. So uh, yeah. I feel like it's making me more disgusting. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you had a story. But that's yeah. part of it is that Let's you start to not care and you start to oh, – it's a whole thing. Sure. Um, then all of a sudden you're you're ordering things out of cat-themed Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then people are right about you. Then people – like it's like, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, right. It really is a problem. Um, basically, I, I got my cats and they were a year and a half old um, and they're such sweet animals and they had to come together because they're twins and they've spent every day together. And uh, when I got them, I didn't understand why they hadn't been adopted yet. Wait, and it, hold on. They're twins? Yeah. Doesn't aren't all cats twins? But they're two female black cats from the same litter, so they really look like twins. Like they're like very twin like. So they had to come together because they look similar. No, because sometimes they have at, a twin language at, at, at shelters. German. Like sometimes two cats will uh, gravitate towards each other so much that the place won't let them be adopted solo. Oh. Yeah, that happens, and probably it happens with dogs too. But because I, like twins, like tw- litters of cats are like six. Absolutely. Eight, so they right? were in a litter. This is so much information that isn't important. But they were <laughs> they were in a litter of six, and the other four died. So okay. they were like, okay, these two need each other, kind of thing. It's right. very insane. Um, and so when I got them, they were very. <laughs> Very, they're very sweet. They're very much together. Very much sisters. And when I got them, I didn't understand how they couldn't have been adopted because they were so nice and normal. And I found out they had been adopted when they were six months old by this family. And the family brought them back six months later. And I was like, why did they bring them back? And they said, well, it wasn't anything they were doing necessarily wrong. Like they were very sweet animals. But this family had a baby. And the way that these parents uh, raised this baby was – when the baby would cry, they wouldn't do anything about it. They believed in letting the baby cry all night. And the cats hated that the baby cried and were worried about the baby. So they would meow and go to the parents and be like, meow until they helped the baby. And the parents said they didn't appreciate the cats judging their parenting <laughs> techniques. They were uh, undermining their parents. So they brought the cats back. And when the, when the family drove away, they had a van. And on the van was a bumper sticker and it was a Scientology bumper sticker. <laughs> so my cats are ex-Scientologists. They escaped the org. Dude, I was on the airplane. Isn't that amazing? I was on the airplane today and there was this dad and uh, he... For one thing, he wasn't. Sorry, so, you were on the airplane today. Today, today. when did when'd you when did you get back? I flew back from. I went to the San Francisco for another wedding. Ah, oh wow! Uh, this this weekend, so I was on the airplane today, and this dad wouldn't let his kids play with the iPad uh, until they answered uh, a fucking math word problem. <laughs> wow! Uh, How old were the kids? Um, I'm going to say seven and nine. 17 and 18. Yeah. <laughs> they were. They uh, just wanted to watch pornography. The word problem, the word problem was if, if Southwest, if there's 120 people on the flight and tickets cost $20 each, how much money did Southwest, by the way, I was flying Southwest. I'm not trying to brag. Ooh. Uh, they recently, Which boarding group were you in? A, B, or C? They recently merged with AirTran. <gasps> Um, and, uh, they, yeah, they, which, how much money did Southwest Airlines collect? This was a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old had to answer this question with no pen and paper. This long division in their heads. Oh, this dad was such a dick. <laughs> what a dick dad. Did they eventually get to play iPad? They eventually got to play iPad after a long time. The dad was just trying to teach them to be a he, – he, at one point he said, I'm just trying to train you for life. Whoa. You said, and I was like, I am just trying to not yell at you, <laughs> asshole dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> you said you have a kid, right? I have two. You have two kids. Double um, children. So when you – because you were just mentioning the plane. I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about it. When you had a kid, were you ready for the stress that would be traveling with that kid on a plane? I – here's the thing. I, I just knew that it was going to be crazy. The, the part that I wasn't prepared for, I think, is not getting through the plane flight. Because even compared to a car to a car ride, you have well, I'm traveling usually with my wife, so there's two of us. So we can sort of like one person can be parenting and the other person can be taking a little break part of the time. Um, and you mean jerking it in the bathroom? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> you Always gotta in the jerk, bathroom. You gotta Always jerk in the, bathroom. In the airport yeah. bathroom. <laughs> you're not gonna do it in the aisle. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're proposing? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just any bathroom anywhere. Like oh a, no, a, on the airplane. You and your wife. Okay, yeah. on yeah. the airplane. I'm Got talking it. specifically about. So on the airplane is very difficult. Uh, but you know, generally, I, I mean, once in a while, somebody's judgmental and weird, and that person can go shove it up their ass. Uh, but generally speaking, what, and how does that manifest itself? Like looking over and sighing when children are making noise. It's like sure. fuck you. They're fucking children. <laughs> you know what? Children go places too, asshole. Mm. Um. So uh, that's that's hard. But it, we knew it. But what's crazy about it is, at least with kids the age that our kids are right now, being on vacation is really hard. It's harder than being at home. <laughs> so, like, oh, when you okay, go right. somewhere, when you go somewhere relaxing, like uh, uh, for on a cruise, for example, we were on a cruise. Um, you are actually doing more work <laughs> because you don't have the things you normally can entertain them with. Yeah, and you don't just have like there's just like places where you can put down. You know, you can put down your child because you know there's something in all of the sockets. Oh wow! You know what I mean? Like that kind. Of, yeah. Like I'm not. Oh, I'm not a. Uh, I'm not the kind. I'm not the kind of parent who's super worried about baby proofing and stuff like that. But like, you know, we on the cruise, our our uh, stateroom had a balcony. It's like balcony slash toddler death area. Sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like plunge into the sea zone. Yeah. Was what that is. And so they so, had the fiesta deck and then the toddler death deck. And so like ultimately I think it's it's usually more rewarding than it is difficult. You know, I wouldn't discourage people with children from oh, traveling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's way harder than being at home. Right. Whereas often when you're traveling as a as an adult, it's easier than being at home because if you're not – I mean, you know, you have to go through a deal with airports or whatever. But you, then you go to a hotel where someone cleans up after you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do your own dishes or cook because mm-hmm. uh, you went to a restaurant for lunch, especially in the era of, you know, you can just type uh, lunch into Yelp and you can eat somewhere decent no matter where mm-hmm. you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's ultimately the challenge. Of... Got it. Sorry. Do you? I because I I've always also wondered. Are you? Are we all? I was born in eighty three. Are you guys around eighty three? Uh, eighty two. Eighty two. I'm eighty four years old. Eighty four years old. That's <laughs> awesome. I always think because to me, I'm thirty one. You were born in eighteen eighty two. My dad had kids when he was in his twenties, and then later, much later, uh, he had me. But. Regardless, I, the confidence to be a father is something I'm very interested in because uh, around 30, people obviously start to have kids, and that's obviously just something that will keep happening in our community. In yeah, normal communities. It's 25. Yeah. yeah, 25. But 24. when did you start having kids? Like when you're late 20s or something? Late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. I, the confidence to have a kid because I, I think 
29. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume there's a part of it biologically that sets in. You just become more of an adult. Obviously, that's ta- it's talked about constantly. But I don't. Do you, I don't know if you want kids, Jordan. But I just am so. Like if I have a kid and can't take care of it, that's a horrifying thing. Like I just don't sure. – I don't totally. trust myself to be – I don't think of myself as a role model to be a father. Yeah. And I'm sure that I'm better than a lot of people at it because I'm not a complete idiot. But it's still <laughs> very scary. And I, I – Do you have childs with already? Children? Yeah. No. OK. Here's what happens. Are you in a meaningful romantic relationship? I am. OK. So uh, is it with a lady? Yes. OK. So what happens is – uh, this lady that you're in a meaningful romantic relationship with, and this happens to varying extents, and it's not purely universal, but it's sure broadly applicable. Look, Jen Kirkman doesn't want to have children. She wrote a book about it. Right. God bless her for it. It makes the world a better place when you don't have children. Anybody out there who's decided not to have children, God bless you. But at a certain point, this was my experience and I, uh, many friends of mine's experience, uh, your significant other... Uh, experiences a powerful wave of hormones and terror that combines a deep desire to have children with a deep terror that they won't have children because they'll be too old. And uh, they're just like, it's on now. And you're just like, if you're not, I mean, there are some dudes that are like, I can't have kids or I won't have kids. That's not most dudes. I think most dudes are like, I like children. They're like, I'm in no hurry to have children. I have no, I feel there's no part inside of me that says like, oh, I got to make some kids. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're like, I like kids. And then the lady goes like, we're having kids. And then the the guy's like, okay. You know, like, uh, well, yeah, sure. I mean, I checked, <laughs> checking our finances, it probably won't be a total disaster. And uh, I wish I, I, what I really like about this that's going on right now is, is the physicality like a... <laughs> and i wish the audience could see it i wish they could see it's a it's slight but you look you had a you had a moment where you looked at your watch i thought the acting was very good on that i thought i just assumed that you were going to say that what you liked about it was that it was like my version of a tim allen routine <laughs> <laughs> but like but really you know like i i i have two much younger brothers one of my one of my brothers is uh is eight years younger than me one's 14 years younger than me so i was a around when they were babies and like aware when they were babies and spent a lot of time with them as babies. And my stepmother ran a a preschool out of our house for a little while. And so like I had a lot of experience with little kids and um, I liked little kids. So I wasn't, I didn't think like I'm going to be terrible. But on the other hand, there was nothing inside me that was saying, I got to get kids. Mm Got to get those sweet kids. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have an excuse to go to those sweet Pixar movies. (laughs) (laughs) Like a children's breakfast cereal commercial. Yeah, you tipped your shades. You you rollerbladed off a ramp, skidded to a stop right before the camera, tipped your shades. Got to get those kids. <laughs> Although when we and made then you were the arrested kids, because people assumed you were a child molester. When we made the kids, I was wearing both knee and elbow pads. Well, it's got to you. Got to be safe. Yeah, and you wrist guards <laughs> and, and a styrofoam plate around your stomach. Yes. Yeah, so, um, it, I think that's what happens. I think what happens is a lady has more powerful hormones inside of her, and they. They just sort of overwhelm all sense because there's no reason to have kids. In 2014, the first world, there's no <laughs> benefit to having kids. You don't need them to work on your farm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just these powerful feelings going on inside you, tricking you into making this mistake. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's many wonderful <laughs> things about having children. Well, but, of course. Yeah, yeah. But this economic mistake. Right. Right. Now, do you feel is, – is it right if I keep asking you questions about yeah, this? I don't want to. Absolutely. But I find it's this – Hey, it's your show, Jake. It, I'm very fascinated <laughs> by – as expected um, – do you feel when you had the kids? I've, I've talked to. Some, I'm obsessed with this. I, I love talking to new fathers. Like, do you know Julian McCullough? Oh yeah, sure. He just sure. had a kid. I just like talking to people about it. I think it's very interesting. Like kids, they have kids like about a one year old, and these are like that guy's funny. He's that so guy funny. Is real oh my funny. god, he's so anyway. funny and so nice. Do you feel when you had the kid, it changed you and the way people talked about it would change you? Because that's how people talk about. It. They feel transformed when they talk. I'm obsessed with that. I almost want that feeling, but I don't want the kids of just like this purpose. You just sell the kids. <laughs> sell the kids, the kids. Yeah. yeah, or sell the kids and become the kid, Jake, me and uh... become a costumed crime fighter. <laughs> then you'll have transformation you every not? night. Why do you think I'm not one already? You know what? You might, if you are, yeah, you're doing a terrible job of keeping up your secret identity because you automatically challenge people when they say you should be a superhero. It's all the very insecure costume prize fighter that's very upset that he's not getting the yeah. recognition that it's he like deserves. It's like if Bruce Wayne's it. like, maybe I am Batman. Yeah, maybe Why I'm do Batman. people think I'm not? People <laughs> yeah. always say you just miss Batman. Why don't people think I'm Batman more? You know what? I think one thing you could do that would give you the same sense of purpose would be to, to sort of stumble into a Brewster's Millions type situation. <laughs> <laughs> Like I feel like that would be it's like a clarity uh, of vision. Uh, I gotta spend this money. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I gotta buy a theme park or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if I'll ever. ever I did this. not. In in sincere answer to your question, I did not feel transformed by the experience. Now, we should mention. You know, I grew up in a broken home. With parents, congratulations! Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> with parents who uh, parents who hated each other mm-hmm. and had deep emotional problems, uh, and so I maintain uh, unhealthy emotional distance from almost anything. Oh, great! And distrust any feeling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for that reason... For a while, Jesse was going down, burning down movie theaters uh, that were showing the movie Up. <laughs> <laughs> you were the Up arsonist. I'm sorry to out you on this podcast, but you were the I Up arsonist. I thought it arsonist. was Banksy I love sure. Upson. <laughs> um, That's a fun little combination. So, it takes some time for things, for feelings to sink in. Got it. Sink in for me. Got it. But I, I didn't feel that sense of, I'm trying to think of who I was, I was talking to someone who told me like the baby came out I held it in my arms it changed my life forever I felt that immediately and it took me six months Sure. But I've talked to a lot of people for whom it took six months. Yeah, because it's just a baby. It has no emotions. I mean, it has no, like, emotions you can relate to. And you are so useless to it. Like, your connection to it is so subordinate to the mother's connection to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, my wife was giving the baby its life, and I was just changing its diaper sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If you could, yeah. If milk came out of your nipples, it would be a little better. <laughs> it would be great. And I would Sweet. be getting that I would be Free getting milk. that oxytocin, the bonding hormone exactly. that the mom and the baby get every time they nurse together. Absolutely. <clears throat> but I but it's it's a wonderful, it's a lovely and wonderful experience. Sure. You, you know, said at the end, <laughs> somewhat lamely. <laughs> I uh, you know, I I I always remember growing up. My parents uh, got divorced when I was like uh, twelve or thirteen, and uh, but were just constantly fighting. They always, you know, slept in different bedrooms, and just I, uh, you know, were always uh, just just had a real rotten relationship. And I always remember the fighting being about money, uh, or you know, uh, I, I actually found out 
when I was in college that my dad was like a tax cheat. And, oh. And that they were transferring some of his debt over onto my mom. It was a huge, awful thing. So I always kind of like ha- had this idea that like if you don't have enough money, your relationship will be terrible. So I guess I've uh, – you know, I've I've – Never had like a marriage or fatherhood feeling because I always felt like, well, I don't make enough money. Right. I can barely keep this fucking studio apartment paid for. Uh, so yeah, so I feel like I I, I wonder now that uh, now that I am making more money than uh, I ever have before, I will start to feel more paternal. Uh, signs point to yes because I was uh, I was watching two things. A, I was watching the NBC Nightly News, which is not something I've done before. It's very dadly. Yeah, yeah. I started doing that, and I saw um, there was a, a thing where uh, Chelsea Clinton, who I guess is a correspondent for the NBC Nightly News, she was doing a thing. And why wouldn't she be? <laughs> why, sure. Who more, who more capable? Uh, She's doing a thing with, I guess, Jeff Bridges does a um, – has a like a, um, a hunger relief charity. And he will go into schools and you know teach kids about milk and apple slices, and then read to them. It's very cute. Uh, and as they were doing this, I was like, hmm, Chelsea Clinton's looking pretty good. <laughs> I guess it was kind of hot, Chelsea Clinton. And then they they cut away from the field piece, portion of the segment to the studio. She was fucking full on giant pregnant. I don't know when they filmed the Jeff Bridges thing, but she was not as pregnant. She was very pregnant. And I was like, you know what? Still looks good. I was super duper hot the other day for a pregnant Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, especially as she was taking care of children. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, guys. I think I'm ready. Yeah. Good for you, Jordan. To have to have an affair with Chelsea Clinton that her husband <laughs> doesn't know about. Here's the thing about whether you are good or bad. Parenting is not very complicated. I know that my wife hosts a, an entire hit podcast called One Bad Mothers on the subject. Um, and they find a new thing to talk about every week. Uh, but it's mostly just like, you know, like rational morality, applying rational mor- morality consistently to your children as soon as they're capable of rationality and, and feeding them I've beforehand. Sa- I, I'm always, I know I sound like a broken record. Word problems. Con- <laughs> a constant stream of word-based math problems. Planes, buses, wherever you can get these things out. Word problems. You've got to train them for the world. Train them <laughs> for the world. Long division. Do you get bored watching children's TV and movies? Uh, we all, I don't watch them, generally. Uh, we don't have a lot of TV time around my house. Um, the TV time that we have is uh, Simon has a portable DVD player, my older son, who's about to turn three. He watches Yo Gabba Gabba or the the Big Bird movie uh, while he's pooping in the evening. Um, it's part of his potty training is in order to re- in order for him to consider it a relaxed occasion. Mm. The time when he goes poop, he's allowed to have a treat while he's doing an entertainment. Are you talking treat. about follow that bird? Follow that bird. Yeah, that is a stressful movie. I don't see how you poop when that's on. He's perfectly comfortable with it. He Completely. gets kidnapped and put in that fucking circus. I know, and it's, it's made to see... sing the Bluebird of Unhappiness song. It's they be turn him blue. I am getting constipated just thinking about <laughs> and that. He cries a blue tear. <laughs> ah! Um, I'm going to be blocked for weeks. We just watch. Thinking about that. We watch together uh, the shows that we, and he'll watch Yo Gabba Gabba on his little DVD player sometimes, and I can't bear it. I can't honestly can't bear it. 
But not even when Rocket from the Crypt reunites. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a special song about be going to a restaurant. The problem with Yo Gabba Gabba is like all of the things that are really meaningful to the parents who love Yo Gabba Gabba are completely meaningless to me. I mean, with the exception of Biz Markey and Paul Shear. So like. Then it then it rests on all the rest of it, which is just sort of catnip for three year olds, which is horrible to a grown up. Um, you know, not by they do a good job. I'm not putting down the quality of their work. I'm just <laughs> saying it's not for grown ups. It's for three year olds. Um, uh, and then the, Simon and I together will watch Mr. Rogers. Okay, once in a while, Mr. Rogers. I fucking I fucking love. As it turns out, I fucking love watching Mr. Rogers. Where does am, that where does that live? Do you do you do you is there a DVD set? Do there's you... Mr. Rogers is on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, we also watch Sesame old Sesame Streets. I I'm trying to avoid as long as possible getting involved in new Sesame Street. Not because I think the old one's better than the new one, whatever. Mostly just because the new one is really Elmo centric, mm-hmm. and Elmo makes me feel crazy. Also, I find it very upsetting. That the Elmo guy, like he really was like a child molester. Was he? I thought he got I thought he got off the hook. No, it was it's it's real. Huh. Like I, I talked to a guy this is a complete left turn. I, <laughs> I, I talked to a guy who recently who worked there for a very long time and he's like, Oh no, that guy did a ton of drugs. He had sex with a lot of young boys all the time. He's like – because th- that was right when the documentary came out where he was like this smiley, shiny person, like an R.E.M. song. And he's apparently such a monster. A like, mid, mid-period mid R.E.M. song. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which, you know what? Can we just talk about R.E.M.? I know you, Thank you. Thank I, you. I, Thank you. R.E.M., like Finally. Radio Free Europe is like great. Like sure. those those albums are awesome. They are definitely not that good the last 10 to 15 years of <laughs> no, their life. They yeah, really very are. Very goofy. And those, last, those last few REM so albums are so So over the top. Like what, and and it, it's always one of those things where I genuinely feel guilty saying I don't like it because I really root for them. I'm into Michael Stipe. Sure. I'm into what they did. I'm into any band coming out of Georgia. Congratulations on making it. But they're not good and you're not really allowed to say that, right? Because <laughs> it's not like I want to take down REM. No. But I don't like them. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with that? Uh, you know, I think just just moderate, moderate. You're in a safe space here. Oh, I agree with you. What a relief. <clears throat> so, but speaking of bands coming <clears throat> out of Georgia, how do you guys feel about this Goody Mob reunion album? Am I right? <laughs> what are you, do you are you excited for it? Because I know it's horrible. Yeah, it's execrable. I've I've heard a few songs from it. It seems very ridiculous. Yeah, it's completely execrable, and <clears throat> uh, they also have a. It's all just kind of trying to mimic. CeeLo's success, right? It's trying to create, it kind of and have those CeeLo's kind of goofy sing-along radio songs. Pretty much the worst. So, yeah, CeeLo is really. <clears throat> it would really be difficult to be to more focus your talents on being the worst than CeeLo has. Sure, just so the worst. <laughs> what a nightmare it is to try and watch CeeLo do anything. Um, R E M. <laughs> uh, regarding Elmo. Oh, that was fun. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, funny to me. Uh, you know, it's been a weird couple months for having to deal with the fact that basically no matter what you buy, a horrible person will get some right. money. Right. And fuck, it's weird. It's like, it's like, I just, can we, can we not talk about any more sex scandals so I can 
participate in culture. Or yeah, like like watching in a movie, like Woody Allen movies. I don't really know what to do now. Like it, like it's very weird. It's like so bizarre. I don't it's totally because I kind of do think he did whatever <laughs> happened. But I grew up watching his movies, and as a New York Jew who wanted to make movies for a very long time it's like what do i do i don't even know what to do do i just appreciate do I, is it like that thing where i forget what her name is oh riefenstahl like like the, the, riefenstahl. yeah it's like she's clearly a talented director do i not uh enjoy her camera work you know just because <laughs> she allowed for the destruction of my people or like it's very very confusing i don't know how to i remember one time when i was a kid the the only time that i felt this morally that i actually stopped was when i was I went out to Jones Beach and I saw Stone Temple Pilots. That wasn't the band I went to go see. It was the uh, another band was playing with them. There were two bands, but it was right after Scott Weiland got out of jail, and it was like three days after. And he like got on stage and he's like, "I was in jail for a year, but I'm out now. Fuck the police and all this shit." <laughs> and people were like cheering. And what then, did he go to jail for? Well, and then I went home and Googled it. Or this was Alta Vistaing it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I went and he had gotten jail for domestic abuse. Oh, and it's like, no. oh, dude, fuck you. you. Like that's so crazy. Yeah, fuck the police for stepping in yeah. to help oh. a battered woman. Fuck yeah. those guys. It's just a. It's just just a bizarre Fuck situation. Fuck you, 5 yeah. That's awful. I'm, I'm getting really uncomfortable with uh, football. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know it's cliched to be getting uncomfortable with football, but I had decided that I was willing to watch football despite uh, the concussions and despite the NFL sort of real tepid response to the concussions. Yeah, that's um, very strange. Uh, but then... <laughs> The thing that really made me uh the thing that really made me question my decision to be like, you know what, but I do really like watching football was uh there were two suspensions recently that really threw me for a loop. Um the first of them was I'm sure you guys heard about this. A guy got suspended was uh got suspended 3 games, I believe it was for uh for beating his wife. Two. Only two. Two, two excuse me. Um, and that was very controversial in a lot of circles. And there's a part of me that thinks, honestly, there's a there's a part of me that thinks like, if I'm his team, I would want to cut him uh, and not have him on the team. Uh, but I'm, you know, what the league does around the law, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I don't know, like suspending people for their non-football related stuff. I'm a little weird and ambivalent about that in general. You know, I'm not sure what to say about that as uh, uh, though the things may be abhorrent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is weird to me because it does feel like if you su- if the league suspends him for two games, then the team is absolved for having a wife beater in their employ. <laughs> Um, like that, that's, that, that works, that straightens it out. So that was one. And the other was a guy got uh, suspended a year for violating the league's substance abuse policy because he tested positive for marijuana. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For marijuana, which football players should be able to use because it's the most painful sport in the fucking world as if marijuana does anything bad. I also feel that which football players should be able to use because who gives a shit about anyone <laughs> whose brain is fully developed, you, developed. I say this as a non-marijuana. I have never used marijuana in my life. Anyone whose oh, brain well, is fully developed. You are high right now. You are <laughs> fucking high. As, look at your 
fucking pupils. Anyone whose brain is fully developed should be All able to right, use as Sean. much. Yes, of course they should. As much marijuana as they want. It doesn't. It barely does anything bad. <laughs> I was thinking though that about the uh, the Ray Rice guy. That's the one you're talking about. He yeah. beat his wife. I was thinking that they shouldn't suspend him at all. They should just make him play more football so he gets brain damage. <laughs> so then he he will. That's the just only get tackled way. a couple extra. Yeah. Like he just has to stand there and he get can't tackled wear a, a few helmet, extra times. And that's the only way his wife can oh. get back at him. I did you that. know that? Did you know that the rates that, that there's a that there's a controversy right now because <clears throat> and we're getting into uh, citing statistics uh, off the top of my head that I don't remember. Um, uh, so uh, I apologize if I'm mischaracterizing this entire situation, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Um, that th- there are sig- that they've done some longitudinal studies of soccer and found that soccer actually causes worse problems than football. Oh yeah, because there's a lot of head-based hitting. Because of the head-based hitting, and um, th- there's just been no probably action not, taken. Probably on that not front. good for your skull to flop either. I remember as a kid, I played soccer, and I was always such a coward when it came to head balls. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I ended up playing, being a goalie eventually because I was like, I don't want to head the thing. I, it's awful and I'm so glad now. I feel like I'm smarter for it. But yeah, that's a... It's very scary because some of the balls you play with are so hard mm-hmm. and you like... If you don't head the ball, you're a coward. But it's flying up in the air. Like it goes very... Like you sure. punt the ball, it comes in, you're supposed to hit it with your head. Why? You have, the rest of your life, you avoid anything to touching your head. I think we can all agree on this. Soccer's for pussies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that the moral of the story? I also think it's... Because pussies are so strong. There, thank you. Thank you. Thank they you really very are. much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I know this is the officially the longest segment we've ever done. Yeah, I, we're, I have we're working a, on our third hour a, of this opening segment. <laughs> I have a how much money do I give this horrible person dilemma. Okay. Should we, do you want to take spit, a break and then I can share it? Spit, not spit it out right now. Let's All right. No, it. actually, actually, you uh, you actually uh, prompted me to dig into this. I was telling you about uh, a few weeks ago I went to see X, the band X. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they don't play that often, uh, kind of uh, a, a late 70s kind of punk rock band. Uh, well, like the seminal band. Yeah. The seminal, like, artsy band of Los Angeles in the 1970s, late 1970s to yeah, mid-1980s. Definitely. Sure. Uh, and, um, you know, they don't play that often, but they did a thing where they, they, they posted up at the Roxy for three nights and played their first three albums back-to-back. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it when bands do that. It's so much fun. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I, I forgot to get tickets, and I kind of just got it, got a wild hair to go see it uh, the night of, went on StubHub, paid way too much for the tickets, uh, went to see it. Uh, terrific. Uh, I've seen them a couple times. They've never sounded better. Just look like four fucking middle school art teachers up there. Uh, John Doe has a bolo tie and a he's bald but with a ponytail. It's great. Uh, huh. uh, it's, I think, but all like they were definitely four different kinds of art teachers. Um, like think of all the you know, and so they have uh, um, like a regular art school convention. <laughs> yeah, yes, convention. definitely. Like one is a burnout who did a little too much acid. One is a lonely cat lady. And uh, then one is like a kind of a party animal who mainly teaches chemistry, but he's doing this for a little extra cash. Right. Sure. Um, great show. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I like to go see these kind of late 70s, early 80s punk bands a lot. And, you know, you see aging punk rock guys there. That's usually the clientele of, you know, guys who have brought out their leather jackets and their, you know, exploited T-shirt for the first time in years. Uh there, those guys were definitely at this, but there were some fucking straight up dads there. There was like polo shirt tucked into khakis, socks and sandals, dads there. It was really amazing, and I think it really spoke to the fact that they had a little bit of commercial success. 
So it's like not just punk rock guys, but also just a dad who wanted to see a band that he recognized. Interesting crowd. Uh, I was talking about this. Jesse, you're like, oh, isn't Exine Cervenka, the lady from Z, uh, from X, isn't she a notorious racist? I had no idea. She is? That would, That's about what I said. Uh, I, I dig a little digging around, and I guess she's not exactly a racist, but she's definitely the weirdest kind of libertarian. I think what I, <sighs> I believe what I said is, doesn't she say something horrible a lot? Yeah. Or something, because I knew there was something wrong. Sure. I, I knew I had heard there was an issue or problem that needed addressing. <laughs> it's like she is a very Jesse Ventura kind of kook. Uh, okay. Did some vlogs about the Monsanto Corporation, mm-hmm. has concerns about chemtrails. And mm. apparently that will lead into a lot of criticizing Obama, uh, which is not overtly racist, but it sounds icky. Because mm-hmm. uh, she's not terribly well spoken, being a <laughs> being a rock and roll seventies acid burnout. Sure, right. who has a child with Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was really weird to me. I felt really weird, and you know, weird libertarian is not the worst thing in the world to be. Of all the kooks, like that's pretty low on the, you know, awful kook scale. And let's be clear. When you say weird libertarian, you're not saying all libertarians are weird. No, 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 definitely not. We're talking about a specific type of libertarian who is also an insane person. Yes, exactly. A let's what temperature does steel melt at? Libertarian, right? Uh, Yes, Uh, sure. Libertarianism is a okay for the most part. A libertarian who's also a chemist. Sure, yes, exactly. Who's very concerned about a material scientist. I read this tweet. I don't. I I wish I knew who tweeted it so I could properly uh, give credit but it was libertarianism is astrology for men and uh, i i really like that a lot i think that it's it's the same thing it's like inherently astrology is fine and libertarianism is fine but it's this aggression that comes with certain libertarianism that is so bizarre like the aggression of i am right on this completely unproved platform of of social experimentation and like you know like changing the way society works i am completely right everyone else is an idiot and i always associate it with just like i feel like a lot of libertarian men are very jacked and like it makes me very nervous it just makes me very How strong they are and also it's just it's the same thing with with what i was talking about well, the confidence ron to... paul for example <laughs> <laughs> yes ron paul but just like it's just this weird sort of like this kind of almost alpha behavior that I can't relate to. Everything I think, I always assume I'm wrong. But that, like, my instinct is, like, I think this, and I'm 100% sure, but also talk I could be completely wrong. Talk me out of it. Talk me out of it. Yeah, talk me out of it. But, like, libertarians, it's not like that. Yeah. It's like this, this, like, they don't blink when they talk to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like they already have so much coffee, and I, it, it's fine. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I just can't relate to that kind of, like, vigor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so then I'm like, oh, I kind of feel bad about this. I feel bad about going to their show, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, before I go to a concert, do I have to look into the right. weird political beliefs of every member of the band? Right. That will not end well. I will never see a live band again. I'll tell you what. I sure wouldn't go see Brand Nubian if that were the case. <laughs> sure, right? And you – well, also, if you root for certain sports teams – I I did this once where like I, I – you know, I like football and hockey and, I, and sometimes basketball. But – you like Google – around election time, I always Google like political donations of famous people. Don't do that. Yeah, oh, like yeah, literally like most of them – most 
professional athletes are wildly conservative and wa- do not like gay people and like they don't you know what I mean like you just don't want to know that about them it's sure. like a very because those people all did it on their own you know they all feel like they did it on their own and they like got scholarships and they made all their money and like don't take it away from me and it's very scary to root for people like that that you wouldn't talk to <clears throat> otherwise. so what do we do do we just know. fucking ignore it or do we it. not give anyone well, any I money think, ever I think if someone it's it's dangerous to draw a moral equivalency between Nazism, child molestation. <laughs> yeah, and I know being we are a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> we are go. We are at wildly different ends of the spectrum there are, here. There are there's sure. there's quite a number of levels of. I think if someone just sort of disagrees with you, it, it's fine. And there's sort of kinds of kookiness that seem harmless. Mm-hmm. But there is like I actually, you know. Uh, Lord Jamar from Brand Nubian mm-hmm. went on uh, went on a hip hop podcast and uh, just said all these horrible things about gay people <laughs> because he's a you know he's a weird religious zealot of a really specific fringy form of uh, American Islam mm-hmm. and uh, and also. Just sort of a just generally kind of bigoty. Mm-hmm. And it was so like that stuff was so lousy that it almost it not only didn't it not only did it make me not want to support him uh, in the future, it made me want to unsupport him. <laughs> <laughs> like it made me feel like I should take it like I couldn't even listen to the stuff that I already had bought. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Sometimes it 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 taints the thing that you had been enjoying. Anyway, it's very it, yeah. It's it, there. I don't really know what to do. Avocados really are controlled by the mafia. Did you guys know that the Mexican mafia controls avocados? Yeah, I knew that. That's why okay. I find them delicious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I only eat. Here's my. Can I give you guys my rule for uh, Mexican restaurants? Sure. I will only eat at a Mexican Leaves restaurant. Leaves of three, let it be. Oh, sorry, that's poison <laughs> ivy. I always take a good look at the sign outside the mm-hmm. restaurant, and I take a look at the full front picture window. Okay, from sitting out on the, you know, like some people will say, take a look at the menu that's posted. I'll glance at the menu, but I'll take a look at all the words that are written on the, you know, the name of the restaurant, the slogan of the restaurant, the, all that different stuff. If I don't see the word fresh there, mm-hmm. I will not eat there. No, it's a good, it's a good policy. That's my rule. I demand. Maybe it should be like shredded the, sub, lettuce. the subtitle of, you know, like fresh Mex or always fresh or eat fresh. Something well, like because that. that way I know this not that, you know, that my waiter's going to be white. Sure. It's a concern. Yeah. It's a concern. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I feel the same way about people trying to sneak MSG into my Chinese food. <laughs> you know? I just it's just a dangerous game to play ethnically. You know it's always fun to throw your cat out of your room on the white waiter. <laughs> Remember we were talking about dumb waiters earlier? Yeah. Anyway. Bringing it back home. Thank you. Um you know what? I uh I apologize. I could have constructed that joke. Uh, so that it was not ironic racism, but, mm-hmm. but rather just explicitly anti-racist. I probably should have gone. Oh, I thought you were going to say, but rather explicit racism. No, no, no. <laughs> like reflecting my actual internal right, racism. Right. Like maybe it could have just yeah. been a yeah. list of racial slurs. <laughs> no, I just, man, I just, uh, I think it's just because I ate a, sort of a B minus burrito for lunch. But then I got really angry at the idea of mm-hmm. of like Mexican food being not like. That, that like putting lettuce, putting lettuce mm. in stuff, 
because that way it makes it fresher and less Mexican-y and yeah. thus acceptable. Well, I think so I, I think, think I think I think I'm not sure if if I would say that lettuce in Mexican food is a you know is a make this more racially acceptable thing. Although I do think that is something a lot of people feel about ethnic food. But I think uh, lettuce is just like a shitty nod toward health for something that isn't healthy. Right? Isn't that lettuce's typical use in things? It's like, oh, this is very bad for you. Look at this weird piece of lettuce that has no vitamins. Yeah, I... Yes, but it's... um, It's deeply fraught. Sure. I will leave it at that. In my opinion... Deeply fraught. Look, we're four hours into the program. <laughs> we need to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. I am Ricky Carmona. And we are the cast members, what? I don't know, podcastiness. Of Wham Bam Pow. That's an action and sci-fi movie podcast you can find on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. And what do we do? News reviews and things you can use. Tons of things you can use. We break it down so it can forever be broken. Hilarious jokes. Plus, sometimes there's a dog in the studio. Sometimes there's a dog here. We'll see you in your earbuds. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jake Weissman, human, cat, love, Christ love. Great. Hi. That's a, that was a fun word collage. Thanks. It's like on Christ okay love. Cupid when they yeah. tell you what people of various sexes are into. <laughs> um, we should call you Jake Marathon Weissman. Because we just fucking marathoned that segment. Did we? I didn't realize that was a longer segment than usual. Oh, I just assumed that he had just run a marathon. Yeah. I actually have run so a marathon yoked. in my you life. You have? Yes. I think you – I, have you guys ever run a marathon or a half marathon or anything like no. that? I don't I say – I did a mud run once. Well, how long was that? Uh, 5K. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's good. I, I did a turkey gobbler. <laughs> What's that called? Gobble gobble day gobbler? Fun run? Turkey, turkey <laughs> I think that's day. what it's called. Turkey day – Gobble. Waddle day. Fun what does that mean? What is that? Gobble. What is that? What do you do? It's something that your mother-in-law makes you go to, um, where on Thanksgiving Day you do a fun run, and it counteracts the fact that you're about to eat like a monster. Got it. Okay. But and it raises money for a charity, and it's turkey themed. You can wear a turkey costume if you want to, but I don't. So, question. If it's for a charity, is there a super hot pregnant Chelsea Clinton there? No, Jordan. 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 What? Not all events mm-hmm. that are for charity yeah. have a super hot pregnant Chelsea Clinton there. Wrong. I'm sorry? They all do. Do they? Yeah. Is that new? I guess it is since, new. Well, you've since been, Chelsea Clinton You say you pregnant. don't watch a lot of TV, but right. yeah, you mm-hmm. should check out TV, man. It's like uh, it's all that. Prego Chelsea Clinton for days. Chelsea's a busy woman. Mm-hmm. Well, I stand. Active, active I, lady. I stand corrected. When I was there, it was before she was pregnant. There was no 
there was no Chelsea Clinton there pregnant, sexy or otherwise. Okay. Now, Brian Wilson was there. Yeah. <laughs> the, he wasn't showing, but he had a glow. Are we talking about the Beach Boy or the pitcher? <laughs> the host of the NBC Nightly News. Oh, okay. wait. Did I say Brian Wilson? Yeah. I meant Brian Williams. Brian oh, Williams. Brian Williams. Yeah, God okay. damn it. Well, it's fun anyway. Yeah, I, got, I mean, I got it. I actually thought that was the guy's name. So Okay. There yeah. you go. Oh, I sold it at the very <laughs> least. He totally he sold it. Um, hey, listen, when something momentous happens to you, let's say you go to a turkey gobbler and it uh, turns out there's a sexy, pregnant Chelsea Clinton there. Mm. Um, we ask you to call us for our segment, Momentous Occasions. Our telephone number, 206-984-4FUN, 206-984-4FUN. Let's go to the phones. Hi, this is Stephanie in Oakland um, calling with a momentous occasion. I just ate a fortune cookie, and the fortune, I kid you not, said ignore previous cookie. I feel like I should never eat another fortune cookie again because none of the fortunes will be that good again. Love the show, and yeah, that's all. Fuck you, fortune cookie. <laughs> is this, are there like... Is this some sort of artisanal hipster fortune cookie where it's they say things be. like, hashtag Confucius say? I, I think there's such an opportunity. Your lucky numbers are 69, dude. <laughs> well, I think that, like, I remember when I was a kid, my father would get me all the time. He he would open up the fortune cookie and be like, help, help, I'm a prisoner in the Chinese cookie fortune factory. And I would lose my mind. I would just be like, oh, we have to classic. help him. But I think I think you could have so much fun writing for those. I feel like that would be a great plum job yeah. if it paid well. I got one the other day that said, you Can will I... prosper in the field of entertainment. I was like, what? How did <laughs> – Jesus. Can I take a guess? Yeah. I'm guessing they're not paid well. I definitely <laughs> think they're not paid well. I'm guessing this is not a lucrative <laughs> gig one way or t- – hipster or otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to say I want my fortune cookie fortune. Mm-hmm. To have been written by a guy whose English is poor and is essentially copying one that he read from – that he read 10 years ago and only half remembers. <laughs> I want it to be like bad Xeroxes right. indefinitely into the future. So you kind of have to decode what the original meaning might have been. I want – the only change I want in Fortune Cookies – in fortune cookie messages from now and from 1965 mm-hmm. is slight degradation with each passing year. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's something like if the original – what's a what's a good classic fortune cookie fortune? Like, um, uh, you know – Watch out. No. <laughs> There's a spider on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, those around you find your personality delightful. Right. Yeah. Y- your friends are the one you should hold dearest or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you would uh, – your ideal fortune – In bed. <laughs> in bed. Your ideal fortune would be something like those around you find your fun essence nice. Yes. And okay. it just keeps going from there. Yeah. Again, like a photocopy – you're photocopying through the generations mm-hmm. until it's pure madness. It's like a game of Chinese fortune cookie telephone almost. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah. I don't believe in much, Jordan. Sure. But when Jay Allison calls me mm-hmm. and he asks me to write that essay for NPR, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell him I don't this want people. I be- this I believe. Yeah. I don't want people's quote unquote improving yeah. fortune cookie fortune. You want them to, if anything, make them worse. Yeah, they're 
making a it's not a greeting card. I also don't believe in greeting card writing. Yeah. You think that should be the same principle? Just get someone who's English is their second or third language to translate one they remembered. You know what I think a greeting card should say? Hmm. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's what I think a fucking greeting card should say. Comma chump. You. It's like hard to find a greeting card that just totally. says happy birthday. I tried to find fucking thank you notes the other day. That was a nightmare. Uh, and now, now I'm not a guy who, you know, subscribes to traditional gender roles. Right. Um. You know, I think. I think men can enjoy feminine things. I think women can enjoy. I thought you were going to. You're say wearing that a tampon. Traditional. Right now. I am. Traditional gender roles is the name of the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sometimes pick it up at the airport. I'll steal if it. I forget yeah, a I'll book. steal it, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, Look, I'll, I'll swipe it from a newsstand. Do I buy the swimsuit issue? <laughs> yes. But basically, every thank you note I could find was like a champagne flute. Exploding glitter, like that was as masculine right. a, sh- a thank you note as I could find. Yeah, and I went all over the. Place. I finally found a nice one that was just kind of brown, and it looked like it had thank you screen printed on it, which was kind of nice. But uh, the, I found everything just looked like a bachelorette party invitation. I, I always try to be. I try to mix humor and sincerity with notes like that, and I find a, an easy way to seem charming is to just get a like a card. That's for a completely different thing mm-hmm. and then cross it out. So if it's like, like yeah. thanks for being my uncle, you cross it out. But like, happy birthday. And they're like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. They went there and they crossed that out. It's just an easy, cheap laugh. It's like nice family fun. It's a way sure. to be quirky but not too weird for your family. I was I'm myself, right there with you. Mm-hmm. I'm always too weird for my family. Like I'm always like – I'm definitely in the weirder spectrum of things. So if I can be quirky but accessible, that's very helpful for me. And sure. what's also nice about that is – you don't have to get a fancy card. No, you not can at get all. a dollar store card. You yes. can, yeah, sure. Go to the go that's to the, a, car the other wash thing and, I believe and in. Go, you're two. If Jay gets me a second shot at writing this NPR essay after they reject the first one, my new one's going to be what kind of fucking asshole place pays five dollars <laughs> for a piece of paper? Yeah. yeah, that plays Mambo Number no. Five when you open it. I want something that plays Mambo Number no. Five when you open it. From the dollar store for 99 cents. <laughs> and I want it to be one foot by two feet in yeah. size. You don't need the actual license track, num- Mambo number no. 5. You just want a greeting card uh, uh, employee humming it. Yeah. <laughs> na, 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 na. Ah, you know the rest. What do you think Lou Bega does now? I don't know. Well, the thing about Lou Bega is Lou Bega didn't write Mambo number no. 5. It's a cover so Lou Bega doesn't even have publishing on on uh, Mambo Number. So he gets five. like appearance money, probably. Wait a minute, hold on. I'm gonna have to look into this. Jennifer, can you go on like uh, I think AllMusic.com has songwriting credits on songs. Can you look up Mambo Number no. Five, the Lou Bega version, and find out if he has a songwriting credit <laughs> on it for making up the names? That are the lyrics, because the original think, doesn't have lyrics. I think Jimmy Pardo's going to sue us for this part of the podcast. <laughs> for, for telling her exactly specifically. It's a very Never Not Funny-esque segment. Yeah. This, I'm all for it, though. Because okay. I can't get invited back on that show, so we might as well do some of their segments. My Ooh. favorite... Sorry, Ooh. that was a dig. I got a little catty there. My Sorry. favorite part no. My favorite part on Never Not Funny is uh, Jimmy will often uh, tell Garen, their intern, specifically what search terms he <laughs> use. And also, Jimmy is very bad at naming search terms. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, they're uh, great guys. Um, um, but anyway, 
He got a composition credit. That's, my, not, that's not anything. Here was what I thought Can't about get publishing Mamba off of a composition five. credit. Was that the music was a classic Mambo. Yeah. But the little bit of Jessica. That was a Lou Vega of, original. That's why that I'm wondering, the, does he get publishing? Huh. Apparently he only had a composition credit He on. came up with the girls' names. I know, but apparently it's not good enough. So if he had the public, you got to figure the mechanicals on that are passable but not great. Well, I just – what I'm envisioning right now is him writing like the words out and then with a song that bad, you just – I like to imagine the moment he finishes writing it and he goes, I got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like I did it and then he was right. He was yeah. fucking right. But I just think that's a really funny This is going to define song. a generation. Oh. Do you think Lou Bega Sr. is proud of him? No question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, th- I mean – Lou Bega definitely has a great life now. I mean, there's no way he doesn't, right? How could you not? He was. Boy, I wonder. I he wonder was the sigh he... of our generation. I'll tell you what. <laughs> He's our sigh. He's our sigh. After, uh, after I interviewed Charlie Wilson, the great Charlie Wilson of the Gap Band, uh, one, of the greatest, one of the greatest funk bands ever. You dropped a bomb on You me. got it. So Charlie, like three years, four, five years after, five-ish years after the like you dropped a bomb on me era, in the late 80s, was homeless. Oh, wow. If you're bad with your money, you can fuck it up pretty bad. Especially in music. Especially in music, I feel like. I and, feel- you know, we don't know what Lou Bega's deal was. He doesn't have any talent. He didn't have any, you know, uh, he didn't have any bargaining chips to play when he was signed to that contract. <laughs> they could have they took his... Uh, they could have took his royalties. Most behind-the-music documentaries are about how the people did not make as much money as everyone thought they did. I feel like like TLC and like MC Hammer, they're all and Vanilla Ice. They're all like, yeah, we I got one hundredth of that money. Like that's that's basically behind the music was telling you that don't be a musician. It's like a nightmare. Well, I think being a famous the the problem with a record contract is that you have to you think that you're collecting all the money but actually what you're doing is paying for all of the stuff that's yeah. happening and so all of like going on tour with uh 40 with a 12 piece band and 30 backup dancers you have to pay all those people yeah i forgot that i for i always forget that kanye is paying millions of dollars for his projects. <laughs> like he's like he really is bold. It's like he's reinvesting constantly. Like he, he has a be... huge staff of people working yeah. for him on the music side. He's yeah. putting on these huge stage productions. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear another call. Now that we've solved the music industry's problems. Hey, Jordan Jesse Go. I have a momentification. So I live in Boulder, Colorado, and tonight I was walking to the Seven Eleven to go pick up some soda, and as I get to the doors. I briefly, like five seconds, make eye contact with a woman. And that five seconds is all I need to know that she is on a lot of drugs. She just has that look about her. But the guy she's with seems like he's okay. They're carrying, like, four handfuls of Slurpee. They're leaving just as I'm going in. Go in, I buy my soda, I'm coming back out, and I notice that they're still just sitting in the parking lot. But they're not just sitting in the parking lot. They're sitting in the parking lot of a doorless, bright fire red Jeep. Walk past them. I'm making my way to the stoplight. And just as I get to the stoplight to cross the street, they pull out of the parking lot, and they are blasting the wheels on the bus. And I have to tell you now, there are no children in this car. Two grown adults, four Slurpees, and the wheels on the bus. But it's picking up mid-song, so they're right at the spot where it goes, and the driver on the bus goes beep, beep, beep. And there are no doors on this Jeep, so we can hear everything. And as they're pulling out, 
every time it goes, the driver on the bus goes beep, beep, beep. This guy is just laying on his horn and time with the car. And the guy who is stuck at the stoplight with me is just making eye contact with me. But we can say nothing. And so we just walked another direction. Um, have a good night. Thanks. <sighs> Only in Boulder. Am I right, Only, yes? in, Bo- only in Boulder, weird. <laughs> I, uh, that point. I mean, can we say Momentous Occasion Hall of Fame yeah, for that one? That's one of the that's all-time on a, greatest. on a pedestal. God bless great. you, madam. God great. bless you. I also you. genuinely feel, having done so many open mics of comedy, that is something I would see at an L.A. open mic. Just like, that's like <laughs> so like, just like this like crazy sort of art experiment. It's beautiful. They're just they're just putting art out into the world. <laughs> oh, That's, so you think it's a performance I think piece. it's a performance you don't piece. Think they That's just... what I prefer to believe it yeah. is, yes. They're making Boulder better. I mean, I know when I'm jacked up on crank, I like to listen to a little Raffi. Baby, Baby Beluga. Beluga. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Swim so wild and you swim so free. Wow. And you'll eat the devil that lives in my brain. (laughs) Just a little white whale on the go eating devils. (laughs) He loves to eat devils. Raffi was the sigh of our generation. That's true. I should have said that. Oh, man. Raffi and Lubega were the co-sides of our generation. Let's not. I'd love to see a video of them doing blow together. Like, that would just to shatter my childhood. Raffi and Lupe. Yeah, just because, like, <laughs> how does life get better than that? Just Raffi's a cokehead. You know, it's it's funny. I, I uh, There's been this whole business uh, this week about, um, you know, Orlando Bloom punching Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. And the kind of the, the, the further that goes. Uh, Jesse, have you heard about this? Yeah, it sounds like you... Gave him a real punch on the punch right on the schnoz. Right, right on his Canadian schnoz. Uh, and, and the you know the more you hear about this, the more and more celebrities were there to witness it. Apparently, Leonardo DiCaprio was also there, and Zach, you know, and they were all in uh, just like in this bungalow in Ibiza. I I like the Ibiza. idea. Excuse me, Ibiza. Uh, <laughs> I. Um, <laughs> I like the idea that um, there's just these places where all celebrities can go and be celebrities together, which probably at some point resulted in Lou Bega and Raffi doing blow together. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, just in, you know, in 1992, I don't know, when did Mambo Number no. 5 come out? Uh, Four or five? No, later, 1990, I'm going to say 1998. Jen, Mambo 99. That's embarrassing. I was For us close. as a culture. Okay, so. Um, my, uh, my friend at National Public Radio, Mr. Guy Raz, uh, the host of the TED Radio Hour, mm-hmm. um, tweeted at Rafi, uh, like last week, <laughs> just to tell him how much he loved playing Baby Beluga for, yeah, yeah. Him, for his daughter. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's a, he has a daughter. And, uh, Rafi tweeted back, uh, you're welcome. Such a pleasure. Please follow back. <laughs> wow, it never ends. It yeah. never ends. Never ends. Not even with Rafi. You got to keep hustling, yeah. keep hustling I, on social media. And I looked at and then I looked at Rafi's Twitter. Yeah, I'm not trying to brag, but I got like three times as many followers not as Rafi. Bad, wow. Bad, not bad. Suck on that, Rafi. Yeah, fuck you, Rafi. Rafi's a real, real heel. Yeah. His beautiful song about an undersea whale and his beautiful relationship with yeah. his mother. Yeah. I sing for my son when he wants to go to bed. No, that's cute. Okay, let's. We got one more call, right? That was a Hall of Fame. That was a great. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, uh, guests, presumably. So I just got uh, hit by a car. <laughs> uh, I was driving my scooter down the street, taking a left-hand turn. When I was about, uh, I don't know, 
the word is anymore, but 90 degrees to the car. Uh, he had me rolled up onto his hood uh, and then fell to the ground. But walked away pretty much fine. The scooter actually is still running, just a little crooked. Uh, and so, yeah, that was an experience just before I turned 30. Right. Yeah. Happy fucking birthday. Have you ever hit someone? No, I've never I've never hit a person. In high school once I ran over a snake. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. How did you know how did you know you ran over the snake? Uh you he know it was really flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, I was driving and I saw it start to slither and I slammed on the brakes uh and then got out and uh there was I had bisected the snake. I chopped the snake in half with my car. Wow. And it's not like a worm where it'll just go off. Uh, I think that's what happens. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's what happens. I didn't kill it. I didn't kill I didn't no, I didn't kill You anything. doubled the number of snakes in the world. Yeah, yeah. I increased the number of snakes. And therefore later on you saw it and it looked a lot like a hat. That was because it had eaten an elephant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I am really see, here's the thing. We ask people to put the phone number two zero six nine eight four four fun into their telephones. Here's the reason why. Because that way, as soon as you roll off the hood of that fucking car, while you're still in a daze, mm-hmm. you can call us and tell us. He was pretty articulate. I was surprised. I mean, you could tell that he was, you know, a little punchy. Yeah. But uh, it was yeah. probably because he was drunk. Yeah, that's true. Drunk, drunk, uh, puttering around on his scooter. That's why he was making such foolish left-hand turns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our friend Roman Mars told me that he had a momentous occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening, he was uh, walking around. Um, uh, doing something in really specific and listening to Jordan Jesse go, and he heard Jordan say that he should have named Bullseye instead of naming it Bullseye, which he did. He named my show uh, Roman Mars Huge Dick. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, that's so, fun. Fond regards from our friend oh, Roman Mars. Well, as long you. as we're as long as we're sending out fond messages to some of our favorite podcasters, mm-hmm. not just our friend Jimmy Pardo, but also our friend Roman Mars from Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. Yeah. Who does have a gorgeous crank. I mean, the yeah. guy has... Just... Well, you know, he keeps it up. He lotions it. Yeah. And he keeps it up, too. <laughs> yeah. He keeps it erect at all times. <laughs> yeah. That's how I know. I've never seen him nude. Yeah. But he just, <laughs> just wears loose pants. Sure. I saw him in Ibiza. He was wearing all white linen and, you know... Right. Sort of loosey-goosey type situation. Sure. And he, uh, and he uh, got into a fight with Peter Sagal. Well, no, I mean, Lou Bega and... Uh, Raffi, they did a line off his dick. Yeah, oh, right. Just, like, yes, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Because it's like really long and great. Raffi. What is Lou Bega's like, website look like right now? That's what I want to know. You know, I, uh, I, I was uh, – for, for work was looking at the websites of various defunct bands or various bands that are kind of punchlines. Uh, Creed, their, uh, their news, the news – section of their website just a blank field <laughs> no news no not a lot happening on the creed front uh the, 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 the news says, just says uh jesus still the son of god <laughs> uh his light continues to shine upon us um uh the most recent sugar ray video uh, includes a significant amount of footage of them playing live at the opening of a speaker store. <laughs> no. It's great. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Not oh. a lot of hilarious things. It seems like all those old, you know, kind of goofy bands that you would goof on 
just like play county fairs and they're yeah, fucking they play fine. They're fine. Yeah. It's probably a probably a pretty good life to be like Candlebox. Right. Soul Asylum. You're like, oh yeah, we right. still can Gin sell blossoms. out a, a house of blues in Tampa and we're fine. Right. Uh, yeah. Even Lou Bega though? Oh, I wonder. Yeah, good question. Because Sugar Ray have fans. Yeah, that's, and I guess they continued to make, even though we never heard any of the songs from them, you know, as the public, a Sugar Ray fan probably knows their, you know, late period work. You know what? This is what I think. Hmm. I think, sure, your Sugar Rays can play a House of Blues in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And Lou Bega probably can't do that. Yeah. But Lou Bega can play a county fair. Yeah. And I bet when he puts on... Okay, number one, this guy's got a great-looking website. It's a nice website. I'm going to turn around so I can see it. Um, it looks – I mean, this is a rock-solid website. I got no complaints Simple, about – Simple, elegant? Lubega.com. Is it Lubega.com? I can't quite see that. There's some, some – Lou-Bega.com. Lou-Bega.com. some Lou, Lou-Bega.com's for There's some women senior. dancing behind him, but they're not, like, trampy. They're, you know, kind of tasteful babes. I'm right that he was Lou Bega Jr. Or did I just I make know, that up? I don't know, yeah. Maybe I just made that whole thing up. Um, yeah, but like Lou Bega, I bet I bet, like once I saw Chubby Checker at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, mm-hmm. and Chubby Checker has one hit song. Well, one and two half hit well, songs. Well, he didn't. He had one hit, and then he just did a million songs with the word twist in it. Well, he has. Well, he, the only ones that are successful. He has. Uh, he has a song with the Fat Boys uh, from the late nineteen mid to late nineteen eighties. He has. The twist, of course, the iconic hit. And then he has the follow-up to the twist, let's twist again like we did last summer. And then he would... Let's twist again like we did last summer. <laughs> let's twist again like, like we, we did, did last year. year. And then he would just periodically release them. There was the uh, Iran-Contra twist. <laughs> <laughs> there was the Sixth Sense twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where he revealed the twist it of the Sixth really Sense. It was really shitty. He yeah. got sued, yeah. Um, and He's dead the whole time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't need to see it. End of the day, Chubby Checker, uh, the same reason he got the, you know, he got the deal to make the twist was just because uh, it was like on American Bandstand and like the guy who originally cut the twist wasn't around. And so they're just like, well, can you come on and do the twist? If I'm remembering the story correctly, because mm-hmm. uh, he was just a competent singer that was hanging out at American Bandstand in Philly. And uh, like for that reason, you know. Fucking Chubby Checker can put on put on a fun show. Sure. He's a pro. Yeah. I bet Lou Bega's a pro. Bet Lou Bega's got a nice tight six-piece. No piece. question. No question he's a consummate professional. I mean, I feel like you, you he's performed for hundreds of thousands of people. You, he has to at least be confident at what he does. I mean, he has just he like He put that. together that nice website. And this yeah. guy's a band leader. And he's got that tiny mustache. Mm-hmm. Anybody with a tiny mustache, I respect them more. I'm Jen scrolling down, and uh, just the little news piece I saw on Lou Bega's website was Lou Bega got married in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, I wondered when he'd settle down. Yeah, yeah finally. Finally, that. Do you think it was Jennifer? That or ram- it was definitely Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she glares at him when he has to play that song. You're not by my side anymore, Jessica. You walk with me now. I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet um, they rode their own path. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be like something if she's like, "Okay, Lubega, I love you, I trust you, but you need to stop playing Mambo Number no. Five in public." <laughs> I feel like it's disrespectful to me. It's disrespectful to our vows, and but it's like it's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. So, 
And he writes Mambo number six. <laughs> Just and about how, how much you love your wife. A little bit of Jessica in my life. I love my wife Jessica all the time. <laughs> my wife Jessica is really great. <laughs> my wife Jessica, I'd never hate. <laughs> We'll be back. I don't think of other women when I masturbate. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Don't worry. I'm not one of those guys that's into porn. (laughs) I just think it's gross, you know? We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Hey, Ross. Hey, Carrie. Hey, it's me, your co-host. Oh, yeah. We have a show, don't we? We have a show. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie. It's about undercover investigations of fringe groups. Yeah, like the Tony Alamo Ministries cult. Yep. That's led by a pedophile. He's in jail. He's in jail. Also, we became Mormons. We became Raelians, which is a UFO group. That's right. We We... joined the Ordo Templi Orientis. Yes. The 9-11 Truthers. We got cupped. We got acupunctured. We got Reiki. We've pretty much anything that you've heard of and been like, "Eh, that doesn't sound quite right. We've done that. So you don't have to do it. So if you want to hear about this, and you should, then go to MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne. America's radio sweetheart, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jake Weissman, Lou Bega's wife. Are you? Yeah. In Las Vegas. Yeah. Thank you. Classic. Thanks for the congratulations. <laughs> You're welcome. Did you do it in the little white wedding chapel? Yeah, I wore a dress. It was white. It was great. Uh, it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. I mean, Lou's great. He's a great guy. I have nothing. You but... sound like you have reservations about it. You're, not, oh, you're sounding I a little hate bit. Him so much. <laughs> He's such a bastard. But you love being in the entertainment industry. <laughs> That's what fortune cookies say. <laughs> you love getting yeah. backstage at that House of Blues in Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Getting into the beer cooler back there. They always have like celery sticks back there for yeah, you nice in the dressing spread. room. It's worth it. If Who you ask a- them, if you ask them, they will go down to the dining room and bring you chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. They won't automatically put them out, but mm-hmm. if you say, "Can you get me some?" chicken I always strips? bat my eyelashes too. It works. Yeah, it well, works. you're a you know you're a, you're Mrs. Lou Vega. Yeah. <laughs> Who is on the Lou Vega package tour? Oh, so yeah. So I guess we need other late '90s like kind of novelty. What about stuff. here's maybe a, a curveball. What about Menudo? Oh. You think Menudo might be opening for Lou Vega? That's racist. <laughs> First yeah. of all. Yeah. But also probably true. Also, but I wonder, is Menudo still going? Like, do it's they like have no, they I think replenish Menudo. Right? I think Menudo, they did, but I think they finally shut down Menudo a few years ago. Mm, I think Menudo went into like the mid 2000s. Okay. This would be a great thing for Jennifer to look up if she were on the ball. She's working overtime in this episode. Yeah, we got her. We got her working. We're uh, covering a lot of Lupega. weird ground. What were the other? Well, so yeah. So what else is the thing is, around is that like time? you immediately think Hanson. Yeah, but the truth is, a Hanson's style of music doesn't fit well, mm-hmm. and B Hanson actually turn out to be pretty great and have their own whole thing going. <laughs> they were good, and they also have a huge fan base. They still yeah. they they tour to their they're like the Indigo Girls kind of like yeah. they have their people, and they'll just see them until they they die. have now have a beer called M Hops. <laughs> they, yeah. Is that true? That is true. I uh, oh, wow. I interviewed Hanson uh, maybe five years ago for my show. Um, at the time, they had a new album out. Uh, and I listened to it, you know, a number of times in preparing for the interview. 
thought it was great. Uh, also, talked to them, thought they were great, became a Hanson fan. I've always liked Hanson. I think they're I, I think Mbop is a good Mbop like, is a if great um, song. If Mbop came on, you'd be like, hey. Yeah. They're also teenagers who could make music together. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I think they were great. Yeah, I totally love them. That it, was a time when like – you know, I would – God, what was I listening to the other day that the teens love? It's this It's this awful white reggae song. Do you guys know which one? I think the band is called Magic! Exclamation point, And they just have this awful – like what if – what if what if One Direction had a little hint of Sublime in it? Okay. Like it's this – aw- it's real bad. Yeah. It is uh, – do not listen to this song unless – for some reason, you're in a profession where you need to be what's up. Uh, you need to be up on what's happening in the internet. This is awful. I have to say, I am so I personally so happy that white pop musicians have mostly stopped just making shitty black music. <laughs> that now they all just make that kind of shitty Katy Perry music, sure. um, which I don't care about, but it's fine because it mm-hmm. just exists in a separate world. But what you just described sounds like my worst night. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's a it's a dick burning disaster. It'll 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 make you feel like you're made of pubic lice. It's Can just we get a Menudo update real quick? Two thousand seven, mm-hmm. they had their own show on MTV. Was that just about? Was that just about Mexican foods out. that are only that are easier to get on Sundays? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, no, making we're making menudo. We're teaching yeah. you how to. Um, anyway, uh, what was they talking about? The awful band. It was actually part of a year long series they <laughs> did on tripe. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also. I was a- talking about this. What's what about this awful band? Oh yeah, okay. Oh, so you know, and it's and this is an awful song, but also you know, it's it's being propelled by ten to twelve year old girls because that's who controls music. Right, Hanson. You ten to twelve year old girls were fucking on it. Yeah, like that was a time when they really like. Hey, I was out of the park when Hanson hit big. I was fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and I was against it because I was a fifteen year old sure. dude. I think we all probably said some things about Hanson we wish we could take back. And I believed that uh, the only good thing I you could like is like Wu Tang Clan or whatever. And. Uh, I was dead wrong. I was wrong on Hanson and wrong on America. I was also wrong on No Doubt. Um, I felt like that was a band I couldn't like for a while. For some reason, I had weird reservations about it. But as I got older, I'm like, oh, they were they were awesome. Like they were actually they did it right. I mean, I feel like Jake. I I I know where you're going with this. I respect it. You I'm going to no say doubt. wrong room, but I understand. <laughs> I like your. I respect your want to grow and change and be a better person. I think the context that you don't have on this one is um, my resentment towards uh, all things Southern California and all things white people, uh, which is an an irrational resentment, uh, and Jordan's Orange County roots-related traumas. The traumas of Jordan's child – look – our friend Scott Ackerman grew up with no doubt. He grew up in exactly the same context as Jordan did. Only he was friends with no doubt. <laughs> if Jordan had grown up friends with no doubt, if he were f- whatever it is, eight years older than he is, maybe it would be fine. He was friends. He he was he was in high school with the people that liked no doubt and drove lifted pickup trucks. I think for me it was when I was very young. 
like very young, and I grew up in suburban New York, I wasn't able to admit how much I liked a band with a female lead singer, to be super oh, honest. Oh, wow. Sure. And I yeah, think, no, this is interesting. I think that's what a lot of uh, young boys go through, is, is or at least... And now I pretty much primarily like bands with female lead singers <laughs> or female vocals. Um, and But I think that was a thing that was holding me back. I made fun of my friends for listening to No Doubt. And then I realized, oh, I actually do find this catchy and like it a lot. Every other band that sounds like No Doubt, I kind of hate. But for some reason, I have to attach myself to my love No Doubt because I, it was what turned me into a better person. And you think, oh, and you think it's the female vocal thing. I think when I was a kid, that was the main holdup. Yeah, no, I, like, I what mean, am I doing? Yeah, what definitely, it? like, I can see how, like, you know, if you are a kid and your friends like, you know, metal or punk or hardcore music, yeah. like, you know, that stuff is not always the most female friendly. And I just wasn't comfortable enough with myself when I was 15 or something to be like, I like women. I think they're great. <laughs> you know, I just wasn't. And remember that video where she's like doing push-ups and she's sweating and everything. Sure. I was like, it's such awesome girl power stuff. I mean, my girlfriend, her favorite band is No Doubt. Like that like inspired her to be a very cool person. And I think that's why I still hold on to No Doubt and still listen to them sometimes. And you know what? I'll, I'll, I will say this. I will say this for No but Doubt. Sorry. I think that like – no, no, no. I think that this is – this. hey, we're all learning. We're all growing. Yeah. I, uh, I felt the same way in high school about Debrat. <laughs> Got it. Um, I felt the same way about DeVry. Only re- like, that's not a good place to get a degree. Only like two years ago did I finally become functified. Mm. I think that, you know, obviously in you, that that old No Doubt stuff from, from when we were in high school, I think has been pretty harshly tainted by how goofy Gwen Stefani became. Uh, you know, and whereas that stuff was very, very goofy, it was no goofier than what else was going on. It was, you know about the same level of goofy it was just more popular and then i think gwen stefani kind of became this ridiculous character and you know uh goofier than that baseline amount of goofiness anyway weird a weird i'll tell you what made me most uncomfortable with no doubt and specifically gwen stefani it wasn't her being a singer or her you know another it was the like uh it was the fake chola stuff and the fake black girl stuff. Um, both of those, cons- uh, the fake Chola stuff in the in the No Doubt era, uh, bleeding into she always she she hung on to the fake Chola stuff and then added more and more fake black girl stuff, and uh, all of that stuff. It was all sort of like. Uh, uh, I'm not. I, think I'm okay with that. Uh, sorry, lady. I don't think I'm cool with that. I respect your opinion. I totally get it. Um, I think that when I was 16 and I changed my mind about it, I was not aware of cultural appropriation yet. <laughs> uh, like I wasn't – even though hip-hop sure. was becoming – you know, hip-hop was obviously our generation. It became the most mainstream thing ever. I was not aware. I just was like – because before you are aware of cultural issues, you're like, well, hip-hop's the music I listen to. Like that's just what I listen to. You're not like aware you probably should let – you you should yeah, white people shouldn't do it yeah, as much that's, there. That's a, that's definitely a, a complicated thing. Yeah, it's very complicated. And I just was sure. like, it's cool that a woman's doing that. So I yeah, just have yeah. that association with. It's why, yeah. And yeah. definitely, if they were at like a music festival with you know Pennywise and I'm trying to think of another band that's as aggressively duty as Pennywise. But social if distortion. Yeah, exactly. If they're in a music festival with Pennywise and Social Distortion, oh fuck, there's a woman up there yeah. being a pretty high energy, great lead singer. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. that's something. Yeah. Okay. Look, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. 
It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, point detective. Jake Weissman, no doubt fan. God bless you. God bless you for it. <laughs> Jacob Weissman, I'm sure after your uh, bravuro performance on this week's program, people are going to want to know how they can keep in touch with Jacob Weissman. Can you tell me? Sure. I'm on Twitter, at Weissman Jake. And uh, well, that's backwards. One of the one of the one of the best Twitters around. Oh, thank consistently you, great, consistently hilarious on Twitter. Thank you very much, Jordan. Um, and I have a sketch group called Women at WomenComedy.com. We put out a sketch every month. I think you'll like it. Okay. I actually I only use Twitter to get uh, hard news. Yeah, sure. I think oh, the I best you're Twitter say to get hard. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, Jake Trapper. Sure. Tapper. Jake Tapper. John Taffer. John Taffer, Wolf Bar Blitzer, rescue, sure. Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. I follow Wolf Blitzer on there. Um, but I think you could you'll probably put a joke on there. It's, it makes sense now that you explain it to me. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Maybe you can joke around. Yeah. But like in the, hopefully there's a little bit of like news information in the joke. Like about, you know, some Gaza Strip stuff. That's why I love Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Can I tell you why? I love Bill Maher because I watch something and I laugh. You know, because I like the way, he, you know, he puts down the other people on the show. But I also learn something because I agree with him. I'm also self-righteous. <laughs> yeah, I was going to see. I was like, what's going to happen here at the end of this? Okay, yeah. He's a little much. Yeah, a little much. Yeah. A little too much. It's a little too much. Yeah, he has some good qualities. Can I say I had a great time in the program with you and I, I'm very thankful to be a guest? That's a fun thing to say. Yeah, I mean it. Great. That's a really kind of you. I try to be a sincere guy. 206-984-4FUN is our telephone number if you want to call and you can tell us just about anything. Hey, if you're out there, you're a designer, you've been thinking about some Jordan Jesse Go merch idea and you want to send it in to us, uh, now is the time because we are just about to make our final decisions and get all our orders in and get maxfunstore.com refreshed and renewed. So do it now. If you've got the if you've got an idea for a shirt or a whatever burning a hole in your pocket, uh, send it to Lindsay at maximumfun.org. L i n d s a y. Do it now. Uh, it's a paid gig, but poorly paid. So you will make. Probably triple digits of money. Yeah, it's a it, yeah, it's an internship plus that uh, your college doesn't care about or future employers. Yeah, I, I'm going to say tri- triple digits of money, mm-hmm. unlikely quadruple digits of money, unless it's fucking amazing. And that's because we're just not that popular. <laughs> the truth is, we're it's n- not a popular show. No, <laughs> we are not very successful. We we are not Duck Dynasty here. Okay, guys. <laughs> We do share their political beliefs. And we manufacture duck calls. Yeah. There are some similarities between us and Duck Dynasty. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's see. What do we got over here? Jennifer Marmer over there on the boards. Thank you, Jennifer, for your able Googling today. Uh, Of course, we have Brian Fernandez in London, England, cutting the program, our producer. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.